Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome along to Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. It's great to have you along for another episode. We're right in the middle of a really busy June here at the REC. Lots going on, uh, leaving aside the political intrigues of Whitehall and Westminster in the last few weeks. Just last week we published our uh, May billings data, the report on jobs, which shows that uh, the, the market remains very tight on candidates. Pay is still rising quickly. Maybe the uh, the demand has leveled off or slowed down a little bit from the last few months where it's been super positive, but it's still running at levels that in any normal period would be very, very high indeed. So that tight labour market we have now, not really seeing signs yet of the, the impact of the economic slowdown or high inflation. So one of the one of the challenges that we that we have is thinking about how does this market become maybe a slower market later in the year? And that's one of the things we'll be looking to dig into at our conference uh, on June the 30th. You can sign up at rec.uk.com to that from wherever you are. It's all online. But we're also looking forward to welcoming Greg Savage back to the UK in August to talk on exactly this issue, which is how are we preparing to thrive through a slowdown in our recruitment businesses? The next indicator will get on demand in the labour market comes on the 17th of uh, June, and that's our labour market tracker. So look out for that. If you're listening to this after the 17th, it will be available on our website. We've also got an economic briefing coming up alongside the REC AGM on the 22nd of June. And of course, you're most welcome to sign up and join for that. Like the conference on the 30th, those are available uh, as part of the REC membership to all members. Uh, One more thing I'll mention, uh, on the 15th of June, I had the honour of speaking at the NHS Confederation Conference, and that's the arrowhead of lots of work we're doing for health and social care provider members of the REC, looking at making sure that we can build a sustainable agency and bank framework for the NHS going forward and address some of those issues with procurement that have been raised by our sector group over the past uh, months and years. So lots of activity there and on education too at the moment as the government is moving quick to reshape uh, how it engages with the sector. Do get in touch with our campaigns team if you'd like to know more about that. So plenty of activity. Today we're going to dig into some of the things we might pick up at the conference on June the 30th with a couple of our key partners for uh, the day. Uh, James Staniforth is the founder and director of Sustainable Business Services and Mark Thompson is the head of enterprise at our partners uh, Sonovate. We're going to have a little chat with each of them about their expertise and the key messages they think recruiters should be taking it Uh, taking away from their area and then we'll bring everyone together and have a chat about uh, going at uh, key issues running into the into the conference in due course so James can I uh, first of all welcome you to the to the REC podcast thanks for joining us today no problem at all Neil thanks for inviting us tell us a little bit about sustainable business services Yeah, Sustainable Business Services was set up a couple of years ago now. Our vision is to be a leader in sustainable business, and our goal is to support 2,000 businesses reach net zero. We do so by helping organisations understand, track, and reduce their carbon emissions to reach their ambition. We do so through digital dashboards, accounting data, 
and enabling them to get a clear indication of what their environmental impact is. So that's really interesting. And I, this is on my mind right now because we're moving the REC into more fit for purpose uh, and efficient um, premises at the at the end of the year as our lease on the current HQ uh, expires. Um, and, you know, we're all used to thinking about uh, sustainability and thinking about, you know, steel plants, factories, things which produce emissions in the in the course of production. But for service businesses, for office based businesses, how can we understand the kind of climate impact of a sector like recruitment? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And currently we see the market as one that has a perception of those big manufacturing energy intensive type organisations as being the ones that really need to focus on sustainability and reducing their environmental impact. But certainly one of the things that we see and speak to office-based service type organisations, in particular recruiters, more and more now is actually understanding what they can do to make their own impact. And that comes in the main from a want to do the right thing. And these businesses think that they have a low environmental impact because that's a perception, again, that they have being a service people orientated business and and when we start to work with them to understand all of the different elements to their own impact you're absolutely right service organizations will have a lower carbon footprint per employee than others but it really surprises them when we start to drill down into the data you know things like commuting to an office isn't something most businesses consider as part of their environmental impact but it is Um, So it's about getting into the detail of each individual element. And when they see the data for themselves, they're really infused to make differences and changes. I think that's that's really interesting because I think if we look at the progress that's been made in industrials on lower lower emissions, a lot of the focus is on heat and power for households and offices and uh, and so forth. There's potentially an opportunity here as well, isn't there? In terms of, uh, I can't be the only service business owner whose eyes have popped out of their head thinking about the uh, the site of their uh, their latest energy bill, which of course for companies is uncapped. Uh, so getting getting sustainability right had some uh, really big commercial uh, opportunities for uh, for recruiters as well as doing the right thing, doesn't it? Exactly that. Yeah, you know, every business, regardless of sector, is looking at their energy bills currently, and you know, part of the transition to a low carbon economy is not just looking for renewable sources or producing your own energy it's about working with everybody whether they're a home worker an office worker a manufacturer to use less um that's one of the things that that we do quite a lot with our clients it's now that there has been a shift to blended hybrid home working or shorter weeks the four day weeks etc it's about understanding all of those elements that in turn will reduce costs which is very important for most businesses but then in understanding the basics such as that it's about talking to our clients about why we do what we do and why we need to move forward with this and a lot of them are seeing that and understanding the commercial benefits of doing so 
and engaging with their staff in the first instance to help them all understand why they're on the journey that they're on and in turn engaging with some of their clients about the recruitment process and about some of the other impacts that they're having themselves. That's that's interesting. That client point is telling because when we talk about uh, things like inclusion and diversity, it, it's really clear, I think, to a lot of recruitment leaders that we have to lead in our own businesses to demonstrate uh, both alignment and ability to influence clients as well. Is there potential for uh, for uh, for recruiters to be real leaders with clients on this, to kind of find another angle on deepening the relationship from the kind of work that they're doing around Net Zero? 100%. Absolutely. That's the feedback that we're getting from our recruitment clients. Presently, they are engaging with their clients on the recruitment process and you know one of the things that COVID has absolutely done it's made us all realize that there is technology out there that can support some of that process that's not to take away from the fact that recruitment is a people business and when you're placing candidates into roles um, some clients will absolutely still want to see those candidates in person but travel locally domestically internationally by trains cars and airplanes is not uncommon in the recruitment process so now that we know the technology works it's about engaging with clients on that because ultimately that emission those carbon emissions are associated to the client so if the recruiter has got their own house in order they understand their impact and they're putting in place measures to engage internally and to reduce their impact and to talk about it externally, I think they're then in a very good position to be able to converse with their clients about the process and actually help their clients understand and reduce their own impact. Yeah, and I think the, particularly for larger clients, but I think it will come to the to the whole market that uh, what are you doing on diversity inclusion has become not tell me what you're doing, but show me what your results are and i i imagine net zero is not that far behind on that so there's a it's commercially opportunity filled but it's also you hinted at it previously i think it's likely to be an important employee engagement tool certainly my experience at the rec with uh, with our team is that there's a big push on me uh coming from uh, coming from the workforce to make sure that the REC's impact is is managed, and I imagine as a quite a kind of young and focused industry, recruitment uh, firms will start to see the same. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we often talk about the benefits of developing a sustainability strategy, and historically, the people that are really passionate about the environment, let's say, and absolutely understand the impact of climate change. I've been doing this for some time now. There's there's a real big opportunity and push required for that middle ground of business people, recruiters, businesses, clients, all alike, to actually see this as a big business opportunity, as well as the fact that they're going to make a big positive impact on the environment. We absolutely see that all of the new generation of employees coming out of university are really well versed in climate change and the impact on the environment of all of the things that they work for, purchase, etc. So 
those recruiters that are going to want to bring in the best staff straight out of university are going to be a, going to have to demonstrate their own commitments and leadership in this field. Fantastic. And of course, uh, anyone who's interested in this for their own business, where can they find out a bit more about uh, sustainable business services? We've got our website, sustainablebusinessservices.co.uk. Um, we will be speaking, as you mentioned earlier, at the upcoming REC conference in a couple of weeks' time. We speak quite a lot at various industry events and we just want to get out there the message that we all need to act. We need to act for the benefit of our environment, but there's some real good business benefits to doing so. So there's loads of information on our website, our social channels. We post a lot of information out there on thought leadership and just useful information that businesses from different sectors can use for their own benefit. James, thank you for that. Stick around. If you want to catch that session at REC Live 22, it's at quarter to three. It's breakout for net zero and how your business can play its part with James, with Elliot Code of Ecology, with Dr. Emma Wilcox from the Chief Executive of the Society of the Environment and with REC Board Member and Group Chief Executive of CERT, Mark Edwards. And Mark's doing some fantastic work with training people for uh, things like... Uh, how um heat pump installation uh, and developing the 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 training that's required to to really deliver on the government's net zero promises so fantastic session there james thank you for for giving us a bit of insight that session uh quarter to three on uh conference day but of course available for where from where you are because uh the conference is entirely online now let's turn to our second guest for today mark thompson mark is the head of enterprise at Sonovate. Mark, welcome to the to the REC podcast. Hey Neil, uh, fantastic to be here. Um, and thanks for Sonovate's support for the conference as well. Uh, why don't you tell listeners to the pod a little bit about Sonovate's business? Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, Sonovate is uh, principally a funding, a financial technology funding business that principally supports uh, recruitment agencies, consultancies, um, uh, labour marketplaces with funding requirements uh, to date, Sonovate's funded over 2.5 billion in around 40 countries, working with thousands of businesses from startup recruitment agencies all the way up to large multinational um, enterprises as well. We're currently working hard on our technology and platform, and so uh, are working with a number of partners around our API capability as well. Fantastic. And I know that uh, your colleague Richard Prime speaking in Breakout 3 at the conference, that's 11.40 on conference day with uh, Joe Wilson home from KPMG around managing costs and maximising revenues in what we, we think we're going into maybe a slightly more bumpy period than the happy times of the, the last six months for the industry. Thinking about that, though, um, this current environment where demand is really high, but the future is a bit unpredictable. What do you think the big things are in terms of as a recruitment business, managing your finance to stay safe, but take advantage of the uh, uh, of the uh, opportunities that are there? Yeah, fantastic question, Neil. And I mean, the, the current environment is a, is a really interesting one, as you've kind of outlined there. Um, I think the way we look at it, and certainly we understand certainly for recruiters and agencies out there that that really 
the finance and solutions that they have are critical to their business at any point in time in terms of their life cycle. And so certainly for us, there's a big piece around the flexibility and adaptability of the funding solutions that you have in place. I mean, critically importantly, what we've seen is is masses of requirement for quite significant growth for agencies, whether they be in the very early stages of their startup or, or whether they're more established and growing overseas, as an example. And I think critically, um, however the environment sits, is that ability to be able to work with your financier to make sure that the solution you have delivers the funding required, but also importantly, has the ability to quickly adapt to the environment and change within your business as well is really important. I think your point around risk is certainly an interesting one and very important, I suppose, for recruiters and businesses of today and how you can use and work with your financier uh, or your financial technology company to help mitigate some of that risk um, by you know, embedding control, using things that protect you from risk and bad debt um, and use other kind of services that sit around the funding to make sure that you can protect your business through changing uh, economic environments. I think importantly for us, I mean, we specialise in, in, in the recruitment sector in regards to our funding solutions. And I certainly believe that working with financiers and advisors who, who kind of truly understand the industry and the sector um, and that's particularly important, Neil, when things are changing, whether that be for growth or for challenge. Uh, people who understand the sector, therefore, have the ability to understand the funding that might be required. And the, going back to that point around flexibility and adaptability, has the ability to kind of um, put in place solutions and provide finance for those times of change. Um and I suppose, yeah, that kind of comes to a more general comment around, you know, having people who are close to the industry and having a like-minded finance partnership that can kind of work with you to to innovate, to support growth or where important, inject the right type of funding and technical solution into, into the agency, into the business, into the consultancy to make sure that the availability of funding is there um, where required. I think that's a really good point. And while you were speaking there, Mark, you were putting me in mind of the amount of time I spent in 2020 when the CBILS loans were available to firms, explaining to the British Business Bank what a recruitment industry balance sheet looks like. Because by the the measure of any normal business, if you're a temp recruitment agency, your on your debt on balance sheet is always much higher because of the the way in which uh, uh, clients pay and we pay we pay temps and that understanding of how the industry works took a while to to get the BVB to understand and then to communicate that to the risk desks of uh, of the banks who were providing the the provisions so that piece around understanding the starting point especially of course in a market like this where when demand is high unique almost uniquely uh in recruitment when demand is high your cash flow gets more stretched you know, because of the the nature of the uh, the the nature of the structure what what sort of couple of things can 
recruiter recruitment business leaders be thinking about to avoid that overstretch in terms of uh, of what uh, of what they're doing? Well, I, I, listen, Neil. I think firstly you've hit, hit the nail on the head there in regards to providing and working with a, a funding partner that understands the nature of the business at a kind of more macro generic level. Like you said, interestingly, particularly for agencies, is their balance sheets look very different to typical businesses and actually as they overperform or outperform then then typically they're stretched further right um but i think you know going back to the point around current environment or whether that's a growing economic um environment or one that's that's possibly you know leveling off or even shrinking is the, the critical part here is having the ability to utilize and have finance available right having the funding available to you um, in case it's required. And that's not just from a peace of mind point of view, that's to still, as we see, take opportunity in different uh, markets and different environments for all sizes of agencies. I think, you know, importantly and naturally is, is that there's a, there's a level of kind of simplicity uh, for us in this sector in the fact that, you know, cash is kind of king, right? And actually to efficiently run your business, run your agency, run your consultancy, then access to that at points in time is, is really, really important. Saying that, I think, likewise, there's the need to have a level of optimization on that. Um, you want to make sure that you are, you know, uh, you've got a good balance in regards to the costs you're occurring for the funding that you've got in place. You need to be able to uh, move with where the business is growing and pull back from where it is as well without restriction or without constraint based on the types of contracts or the types of funding solutions you're getting involved in as well. And and I think that comes a little bit back to the point I made around advisory before is, is that what you want to be doing really is working with financiers that, that can formulate plans that support the change in the market and can be proactive in regards to the way in which the current environment is working. So, you know, the, the key thing here is, is that overstretching uh, finances is okay if it's done in the right way in, a, in, in an interesting kind of formula that says, well, you're not overstretching your finances if you're growing. You're not necessarily overstretching your finances if the working capital solution you've got is tied to something ultimately is, for example, paying you margin, paying workers, allowing you to run your business successfully. Um, and I think there's also a piece there around kind of removing the barriers from what is arguably a more traditional way of, 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 of funding and banking and finance has been in the sector for, for many, many years. And actually a little bit of education or a little bit of insight in regards to some of these more specialist recruitment focused funding solutions is, is really important because not only does it solve for a number of the bits we've talked about in regards to the flexibility, but it also means that actually if you're formulating a plan for your finances, arguably you're not going to get into a position where you are put into a, a position whereby you, you know funding or finances are pulled back because of a decision that's been made without context to the type of business uh, that you are. That's a really powerful point about the decisions that will be made by providers' risk desks and understanding uh, what they're getting into and really doing that work. But also, you know, the cash point 
I, I couldn't agree more with. Regular listeners to the podcast know that I quote Park Arbery relatively often on this, which is, which is the uh, the widely held view that turnover is vanity, profit is, profit is sanity, and cash is reality. It's certainly how I approach the the books of the REC. Um, one of those opportunities, of course, and maybe one of those opportunities that comes with the greatest potential financial overstretch risk is if you are sitting here in the UK, it's a pretty mature market. It's doing lots of really interesting and innovative stuff. Um, how do we grow overseas? So, you know, in this kind of global talent market, what's the, is there an opportunity for businesses to find an easier way to compete there? Yeah, I mean, once again, fantastic question. And, and actually, interestingly, for Sonnet Vate, we've seen that really is where the dynamic growth for agencies and consultancies has been over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I mentioned we've funded in 40 countries. I mean, you know, well over 20% of our funded book is into international trade now with, with agencies that have seen the benefit of, of looking at what, um, the global landscape can deliver for their business, and I think there's there's a there's certainly um, opportunity in bigger markets. You know, we have um, quite a lot of businesses looking to Europe and looking particularly to the US in regards to seeing the rich margins in some of those veins, um, and also sheer, the sheer scale of the size of the market being what is five, six, seven if not eight times the size of the UK um, and and growing in certainly in certain niches and, and markets. So there's definitely a piece around margin capture. There's definitely a piece around international value. I think what's interesting is how simple that can be. And actually what we've seen in the kind of, if I take the, the kind of banking and finance market specifically, is we've actually seen a withdrawal of many of our, what would arguably called funding competitors to wanting to move into a more international space of funding. They've actually reined that in, whereas we know that if an agency is fast growing and scaling ultimately to an event, then the high likelihood is, is they want to have some level of international exposure to help them on that journey. And so we're actually looking outwards deliberately to allow us to fund things like US subsidiaries, inks, European entities, etc., because we know it's part of that journey. And so it's certainly something that is hugely on our radar and we've seen incredible success um, for agencies, consultancies and labour marketplaces in that um, in that, that kind of view of going international. I think the other point to note is the, the sector is getting, in my opinion, far more astute around partnerships. Um, and so this ability to think about how you work with others to allow you to deliver solutions that otherwise might have been too difficult or too heavy on cost or too heavy on resource is a really interesting one. Um, and certainly for us, you know, we've built a partnership channel over the last 18 months where we're working with numerous people internationally to allow agencies to drive funding and capability into those markets in a far simpler way than they otherwise would have would have to do now i'm not saying that there's not a level of investment of time and or money into that but the easier you can make it as a as a landing and the lower risk you can you can drive then actually it's easier for businesses to do it so you know whether it's relatively new startup agencies or like i said um, much much larger enterprise agencies then yes i think we're seeing that trend and we are definitely 
on a path for investing in supporting that um, as well. So a uh, great opportunity for me to throw in an REC plug as well. Obviously, the REC is genuinely well-networked globally, uh, despite the fact that I, I'm recording this while still self-isolated, having picked up the COVID at the WEC conference recently. Our membership of uh, the World Employment Confederation means that we have links into most of the major markets to help you orientate and with good advice uh, in terms of growth finance, as Mark's just hinted. There are huge opportunities here internationally and do talk to your REC account manager about what you're considering as well as uh, look, looking for the right partners here at home. Really powerful call there, Mark, as well on the power of the network. Um, I think leaning into networks is really important in terms of understanding some of those investments that uh, you might choose to make. But alongside the people piece, those networks and others, how does the tech help with all this? Yeah, fantastic question, Neil. I mean, from, from our point of view, certainly where technology is helping us is helping us to push the boundaries of what we can offer in regards to funding solutions to agencies. So, you know, our ability to you know provide 100% of the value of the invoice, the ability to provide uh, funding overseas has been helped and supported by the technology. But I think importantly, when we turn the lens on the agencies, the consultancies, the labour market themselves, where technology is really helping them is to create a level of simplicity and efficiency in regards to their attainment of finance. Where before, you know, you've got a lethargy of time, of complexity of trying to get funding solutions in place, whether that be in the UK or whether that be internationally, is what technology has allowed us to do is speed everything up, make things super easy for people to engage. And, And we talked about kind of, networks, partnerships and ecosystems is by kind of combining capability, then we're kind of seeing plug-in value into things such as programs like, you know, EORs, PEOs, um, you know, even digital MSP type kind of programs where actually there's a kind of combination of working together through technology, through API capability, through platform capability to allow people to access things, you know, quicker simpler but also you know benefit from the efficiencies of not having to spend a lot of time cost energy and and person power in regards to trying to obtain those that funding i think the the other bit to note definitely is is there's a kind of uh there's a sense from us and certainly from the feedback we see and the statistics we look at is the ability to to use data for insight now and i think technology is really helping the sector helping the agencies, uh, you know, make more informed decisions. Not just I'm not just necessarily talking about funding and margin and growth. I'm, I'm talking about you know even to the point where you know technology is helping people understand businesses understand what they could do or where you know whether the decisions they've made are right. And so that with that data comes insight, and with that insight comes the ability to to grow, make more margin, mitigate risk. Um, and the like. So yes, technology is helping. Uh, it's helping you know, break down traditional boundaries in regards to what funding can be accessed. But it has all of that additional benefit as well in regards to access and simplicity. Thanks for that, Mark. That's really interesting. And as highlighted at the top of our chat, uh, the breakout three at the conference is dive, deep diving into a lot of this. And a lot of uh, recruitment businesses will be thinking about, well, what's my the right 
uh, funding model for me going coming out of what's been a bizarre period over two years of a great bust followed by a great boom and into something that we hope is more normal, but obviously in a much higher inflation environment than we've seen in a long time. And we are seeing interest rates starting to rise. So if the cost of capital is going up, getting that funding structure right is, is more important than ever. As I noted at the top, that's breakout three in the morning uh, on conference day, June the 30th. Do come and join us. Uh, you can sign up at rec.uk.com. Let's bring uh, James back in as well now. And James, in terms of going into recruitment, uh, Rec Live 22 is our big conference day. Leaving aside the really important work of uh, of Net Zero, what other thing are you interested to hear a bit more about on conference day? Mark's uh, conversation with you there, was just really got my um, cogs ticking and thinking on the funding side of things. And I've, I've just learned a lot sitting here on on this podcast now. So I'm, I'm really interested to find out a little bit more about the, the funding side of um, the day and, and how that fits within recruitment. Because one of the things that we're certainly seeing, bringing it back to the sustainability part, is that lenders are now looking more and more at businesses who are able to demonstrate their commitment to net zero and sustainability. And we've certainly seen within the market um, lending decisions and more favourable rates be attributed to those organisations that that are moving down this. I'm certainly keen to understand a little bit more from that side of things on on the day, whether that's a consideration and, and how that can be tied in. That's a really good point, James. I mean, the kind of whole developing field of green finance uh, plays into this significantly as well, as does any potential future government change to things like R&D tax credit for uh, for investment in in net zero. Uh, Mark, how about yourself? Away from the, the finance piece, um, you've already mentioned international as a, a theme. We've got a fantastic panel on that. What other things are you looking forward to hearing from recruiters on? Yeah, I mean, for me, very much. I mean, the passion around understanding i mean we talked about partnerships before but what what, who is innovating you know from a technology point of view from a diversity point of view you know even to the point of this kind of war for talents what are people thinking what are people doing how are people seeing the world so super important uh for for me for sonovate to understand that because part of our thinking is then the application of products that can underpin and support that from a funding point of view um, you know, as you probably can tell, serial networkers. So for me, it's about meeting new people as well, right? And understanding from those that, that side of things as well. Uh, so yeah, lots to lots to be excited about. Um, but, but you know, specifically the innovation, the technology side of things is is is, is of massive interest. Fantastic. Um, I think uh, that whole piece around um, how is our industry changing how where in our businesses are we creating value and i think in many firms do we really understand where the value is created and how are we going to manage around that especially in the the kind of changing structure of the uh, of the industry it seems really important to me and you've hinted at that there mark but my you know, if you look at the the main plenary panels through the day that i i can praise to the skies because they're hosted by someone other than me this year, um, Sarah Thewlis, our chair's panel, which is clients talking about how their businesses are changing uh, and their, uh, and then um, 
uh, uh, Kate Shoesmith's uh, panel with uh, leaders from the industry talking about how we need to change our own businesses and our people engagement with consultants, a huge retention challenge, retention and attraction challenge for our own people at the moment. Those things really seed that discussion about what is our business and our growth potential and what's our long term path, both in terms of you know, people and finance and ultimately how we deal with important strategic issues like net zero. That's been a really great discussion. Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. James, likewise, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. And thank you to all of you for joining us on this edition of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Do jump onto the REC website at rec.uk dot com and click the REC 2022 tab at the top of the page to sign up to join us. Uh, it's all online live from wherever you are and you can also access it after the event if you sign up. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, a couple of recent episodes that you might uh, enjoy episode 10 on managing cyber risk in uh, recruitment with our friends from Marsh Commercial episode 9 on mental health as a business issue in recruiters and how, recruitment firms and how we tackle it hugely salient uh, especially coming out of the back of the, the pandemic. That's with Suhail Mirza, uh, who is a true leader for the sector on these issues. Or episode eight with Thomas Prince from Talent Nexus, which is uh, sharing a lot of hacks to help you navigate those job board price rises that are on many of our minds right now. So some great content there. Do come and join us for the conference on June the 30th. And I will look forward to uh, you joining us again on another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon and check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.